Testing, testing. Can you hear us? Let us know. Well, as long as you can hear me. Get out your glow sticks. It's time for Trinity Radio with this new trance music that Braxton dug up that needs to go away after this episode. I'm Jonathan Pritchett, and along with me is Braxton Hunter. There you go. And <laughs> I I don't like that intro music as much as the other one, but that's okay. Today we're going to talk about seven resources that you should know about. Yeah. So somebody else did one of these. Um Whitman, uh, I I need to know the name of the channel, but if he's here, he can tell us. And go ahead and plug your channel, Whitman, if you're here. But he's done a couple of those that have us in it. Now, Whitman, don't get upset, and any other of our friends don't get upset if you're not in this list. We are focusing this, this list on stuff related to specifically Bible, theology, and apologetics. So um, if your channel does other stuff, uh, we think that's awesome, and we watch it, but it might not have made this list for that reason. And if your channel does Bible and theology and other stuff, and you're not on this list, it's because we don't think you're as good as these. People. That's not true. That's not true. And I'll it's tell totally you why. It's totally true because I've uh, seen the list and no, other Trinity. No, <laughs> listen, because here is Susan Morales. You know how we feel about Susan Morales, and she's not on the list. But that's not because she won't be on future lists. I didn't. Everyone knows I don't pick the stuff. I just sit here and talk. <laughs> and and the reason why, Susan, I'm sorry. He's, I would have put you on the list. You're, hey, guess what? You're on the list. Everyone, go check out Susan's <laughs> channel. Look, it's the list is not made yet. The list isn't on the description yet. The list isn't... Uh, none of the people are on the thumbnails, just you and me. So I'm glad Susan's here to find out that she's on the list. Yes. And, and, well, I'll tell you what. Her uh, and Aaron Brown are... You know Aaron Brown? He, he's a yeah. friend of ours, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Susan and Aaron are both very, very talented singers. Um, it's it's obvious to everyone that Susan's talented, but I did not know that Aaron was a singer. Mm. And I went to his uh, YouTube channel and listened to him uh, sing several songs, one of which was from Frozen, by the way. And uh, it was so good that I, I was I was surprised and laughing because he was singing that song. Oh, Daniel time. Apologetics, you made the list. Glad you're here, Daniel Apologetics. He deserves to make the list if he is if he got to a thousand YouTube subscribers in like a month. But anyway, what list? Please define what it is you are giving us. Okay, so as Pritchett kind of mentioned, we are today talking about seven internet resources, not exclusively YouTube, but seven internet resources that are Christian resources that we think are good for you, that we think you should make a part of your everyday experience or at least every week experience. And uh, this is especially going to be appropriate if you are into theology and apologetics. Yeah. So, and it's not the best or our favorites. I was just teasing. It's not like it's not like personal favorites, and it's not like these are the channels we think are the best. 
these are important channels that you should know about and follow. Is that fair? That's fair. And here, yeah. Black Tuesday Film says, would you recommend young Christians who have only watched YouTube videos to begin engaging with atheist material, or should they study Christian philosophy first? No, you should you should read all of it. Well, I'm going to actually give some materials today. We are going to present yeah. some materials that you could get online, not necessarily just YouTube, but that you could get online that I think would help. But yeah, before you really start engaging, I, I think one of the big problems, and I'll just go ahead and have a soapbox moment here, um, and this could upset some people, but look, I, I think um, there's nothing wrong with younger apologists going ahead and getting into some, some debates and arguing with other people, and, and not in a mean-spirited way, but arguing in the sense of making arguments and, and interacting. But here's the thing. Um, back in the day before YouTube, when all you had was debates between uh, PhD academics against other PhD academics, our guys always won, <laughs> like almost all the time. And now our guys don't always win. Now there's that there's a good and a bad to that. It helps them find the mistakes in their arguments. Number two, um, uh, it, you get more, you get a, you get a spread of different kinds of people arguing that you wouldn't have normally had. And there's something beneficial about people outside of the institution, adding their voice to things. But I do think that it's a bad idea for people who only have their, their education in this field from YouTube or most or almost completely from YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, don't tell me you read two books and that's, you know, I, I, yeah, read, read some books. That's my soapbox. The, would you recommend young Christians who have only watched YouTube videos to begin engaging? I would recommend that they first be chastised for only watching YouTube videos to get, if that's their steady diet of information, nonsense. I mean, we're seminary professors, read books. Okay, tell them to get off YouTube and actually read thick books, Christians by Christians, by atheists, whoever, they need to read books. If, if, if you're just getting your information third hand from some YouTube guy, bad idea. Yeah, so Slam RN says it helps to know the Bible inside and out first. I'm yes, glad you mentioned on, that, Slam RN, because the first them. place we're going to go, surprisingly, is not a strictly apologetics-based uh, resource, but one based on the Bible, but we're not there yet. Now, secondly, this is our Friday, Friday afternoon live stream, and it's a little more kicked back. So we, we interact more with the audience directly than say when we're doing a, a response video or something. So, so, you know, if we don't even get through all this, it's not the end of the world. Now I want to say another thing here. So, uh, say something about that. so Trinity radio says, what do you mean that the truth can lose? Uh, no, no, I don't mean that the a truth debater can lose. Can yeah. A debater can, the truth doesn't lose. A debater can lose yeah. a debate and a rhetorical match. That's, and, and it happens in, in to, to Christians too. So it's not, it's not that, that debates, it's not about who's right or wrong so much as it's about who can put on a better show. I'm sorry to say, yes, we want to think that they're highbrow academic dialogues and to some extent they can be, but they're really basically pro wrestling for geeks. And so it's really more about or Yeah, it's, I'd say more. It's about the content, but it's more about showmanship. It t not that it should be, but that's what it takes. That's to what be. it is. That's so, why people people want to. I mean, what's his name? Bart Ehrman gets this right. Who wants to see me get creamed? Is what he says in front in a room front of Christians. And you know what? I mean, Christians. Yeah, you do want to see him creamed. I want to. But see guess him what? Creamed. Atheists want to see him cream the Christians. And yeah. that's why I'm kind of sour on the whole debate thing. Um, the debates are number one, they're a dime a dozen these days. I mean, you can see a debate every two, you know, two times a week. So bottom but line is you can't, you can't yeah. just, you can't let the, you can't let the fact that the Bible exists 
and obviously is ultimate truth and the power of the spirit make up for being lazy in learning. You honor what God, you honor the discipline of Christian apologetics. You honor the ministry that God may have given you by not being lazy with it. And so that's an important thing. So in that regard, what you want to say about this, you could say about preaching too. It's, it's sort of a similar thing here. He says, define apologetics. Well, how do I define apologetics? Apologetics is a defense. And when it's Christian apologetics, it's the defense of the Christian faith. And the Bible more uh, exhibits apologetics, uh, then gives us a dissertation on what the discipline is. It exhibits it in the life of Jesus, but in a very specific way, obviously, because he performed miracles and things like that. He also pointed back to Old Testament scripture and how it was being fulfilled. Paul exhibited apologetics by getting up and giving a reasoned case for God's existence and then the resurrection. So, so we, we see examples of apologetics springing forth from scripture. And then we try to follow those examples. But a given Christian apology, are you really telling me you don't think, I mean, I know I don't think you would say that there's not, that no apologist seems to do better than others. Clearly they do. Right, Pritchett? And that is yeah, because some, some, some people are just bad at it. Yeah. And it, lose. I've seen it Christians be, lose debates. Not everyone's good at preaching. Did you know that? Yeah. Some were called, some were sent. Some of these guys should have never went. Right. <laughs> All right, wow, uh, that's a Southern Baptist. Thing. That's a Southern that's Baptist. Funny, thing. but yeah, it's, that's true. I've heard. I mean, people are like, well, you can always get one good thing that the Lord put in every. No, it's not true. There are some terrible. Actually, preachers. I do think so. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think. I think. Yeah, I, I can agree with every word that he said in the Bible, and the rest of what he said put me to sleep. Anything. But I. Yeah, but I, mean, I got to work. Just, I got to work extra hard. Yeah. I got to work extra hard as a listener and as a student of the Bible to to hear what this guy's saying, hear what's on his heart. And get, as long as it's not like a turncoat, if he's a legit man of God, I think I can get something. Yeah, out I mean, of if it. he read, if he just read the Bible, it'd be an improvement because on his preaching. Because you know, I agree with every word of Scripture. But then, if he just proceeds to go for thirty-five minutes of butchering the text, or he does a good job, but he's just boring. One of the one of the biggest sins committed in the pulpit is being boring. In my opinion, we've talked about it on other podcasts. Now, what I mean by that is, I don't mean be funny. Or be a clown, or be entertaining, but G-Man. I don't mean to be stim- intellectually stimulating. But boring yeah. sermons are the worst. I it agree. Makes, makes people don't be boring. Yeah, don't be. A you boring got one person. minute when you get in that pulpit, preachers. One minute to capture the attention of your audience. If you think that doesn't sound pious, listen. A sermon that is not enjoyable or inter- engaging in some sense is not going to be listened to. Right. It may make you feel good about it, and you can feel like you really honored the yeah, Bible. Yeah, and don't but- pat yourself on the back. Well, I preached the truth. Yeah, but nobody heard it. So you yeah. might as well have stayed home and preached to yourself in the mirror. <laughs> so getting off to a good start, G-Man says, as an apologist, do you feel the need to defend everything the Bible does? Is there not a single story that you are willing to attack? I don't quite know what you mean. You might want to restate that. I don't necessarily. F- okay, so there are general apologists, right? Like Frank Turek is a generalist a kind of apologist. Like he he's he's an all-purpose apologist, and he's pretty good at being an all-purpose apologist. Uh, Mike Lycona is not an all-purpose apologist and is happy to tell you so. His thing is the Gospels. His thing is the resurrection. Um, and that's true of, of, of other apologists. They have their specific area, and, and they feel— and God has gifted people that way. That, that, you know, that, that He's gifted us with specialists when it comes to medicine, and He's gifted us with specialists when it comes to the Word of God. Now, I would say that I think every Christian should know some basic apologetics principles so that in that sense they can be an all-purpose apologist. But um, no, I think it could actually be unwise for a given person who doesn't know the answers— doesn't know much about a particular field, like perhaps things that have to do with science, 
to go running in there. You know, uh, what was the what was that video game where the guy went running in Leroy Jenkins, like running in there, Leroy Jenkins style, uh, trying to trying to defeat your enemy when you don't know the answers. Go find the answers. Yeah, let me answer the yeah. actual question in the in the in the post. Uh, don't do answers, that. Don't answers, do that to me. <laughs> my answer is no. There's no story in the Bible that I'm willing to attack. Are there stories that I like better than others? Yes. Are there stories that I don't understand? Yes. Are there stories that that were I not a Christian, I would be uneasy with sure but as a christian i know that god is a lot smarter than me and god knew what he was doing when he inspired his holy scripture so my, my job is faith seeking understanding so no i'm not going to attack the bible i'm just going to understand my limitations and if i have problems with anything in scripture um that problem is with me but scripture tells us within itself what parts of in it say in a narrative in a story we're supposed to condemn along with those in the narrative that condemn it. So, I mean, we condemn what the Bible condemns and we uphold it and affirm what the Bible affirms. So I'm not going to attack the Bible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're not attacking the Bible. Um, is that, that was the question. I, I thought I was trying to read between the lines of the question. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Just read the question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let, let's, we're going to come back to questions in a minute, but let's go ahead and, um, because I didn't expect to hear Leroy Jenkins on Trinity Radio. Here's a little thing for the hey. train spotters. In uh, the first video that I ever did where I took on, like, like I answered, like, 15 atheists at once, um, I put in the description Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, if you <laughs> like that, go watch my debate that I did alongside Leighton Flowers against um, uh, Sonny Hernandez and Theodore Zacariotis. Mm -hmm. If you watch that debate, you think him saying Leroy Jenkins. Let's see, I got in Friday... I got in Star Wars. I got in all kinds of stuff. I think I'm the only person that that, that made a, uh, a Friday reference and a Star Wars reference in the same sentence in a formal moderated debate by any theologian in the history of the world. So go check that out because, yeah, we just do that kind of thing every now and then. Okay, so let's actually, we'll come back. Let's go ahead and get into and a Brax little bit of still this. never seen the movie Friday. So, the, of course not. I, I, you need to, that, you need to repent you, of having you seen need, that film. What? what are you talking so, about? I'm going to move on to the first person in the list. And now, this is this is Bible here. And I hope to have this person on the show in the not-so-distant future. He's a personal friend of ours. And uh, so, so here it is. This is Steve Gregg. Now, right. I'm, I'm hoping that you all are able to still hear us because we're not going to, like, let you hear Steve Gregg. We're just going to talk over these clips and tell you about him. So Steve Gregg is the guy on the left with the microphone. Now he's the guy on the right standing there. And um, Steve Gregg came out of the Calvary Chapel movement. That was the same movement that uh, I think Mike Winger's church is somewhat affiliated with or was or something with Calvary Chapel. And Steve Gregg has an amazing personal story, by the way. Yeah. His He got married and he was teaching Bible from the time he was in high school. And so he's teaching the Bible in high school, going verse by verse through the whole Bible. And then at a certain point, uh, Steve Gregg um, married a girl. And I think they had a, I think they had a, no, they didn't have a child. Six months after they got married, she died in a car accident. And so he thought, well, I'm just, I'm not ever going to marry again. Um, he did. And there's a personal story there you can read about on his website that gets even more interesting. But he has always been a Bible teacher and has gone through the entire Bible teaching verse by verse. And you can get it all on his website. This is the key. This is the resource that many of you probably didn't know about. This guy has, okay, he has some stuff on YouTube, but that's really just where some of his you know, followers have posted stuff. But he has live public debates on theological issues and at least one with an atheist. 
He has uh, books that have been traditionally published. One book that most pastors have on their bookshelf is Four Views of Revelation. He goes through the four views. Now, the four views are like... Um, uh, the futurist view, the historicist view, the partial preterist view, and, and the idealist view. And he goes through it. Some of you may not even know what that is. Maybe you thought, maybe the only view you're aware of is the futurist view, and you thought it was just, well, is it post-millennial, pre-millennial, you know, all that kind of thing. Pre-trib, post-trib, <laughs> almost said partial yeah. millennial. <laughs> well, yeah, you could characterize one of yeah. them as that. But anyway, the bottom line is he's got a book on that. He's also got a book on three views on hell. I think it's called all you want to know about hell. Yeah. Um, and just fantastic and yeah. wonderful human being. We know him personally. Uh, he has a radio show, call in show every single day. I went through now, now in his, in his, uh, verse by verse, it is a, it is a, uh, verse by verse, not preaching and not boring teaching. Although maybe, maybe some people think it was boring. I don't. He goes off on every theological rabbit trail. He goes off on everything that an atheist might say might be a contradiction. So the first place you ought to go if you think that somebody found a serious contradiction is go there in Steve Gregg's verse by verse and see what he has to say about it because he'll say something Are you about put it. Put a link in the description. Yeah, we, I don't have any of the links here because I didn't want to give it away. What yeah. the, what the we'll, seven we'll words? But I will after this yeah, is over. It is a. It is an amazing resource. If you just need something for daily Bible study, give it an hour. It'll take you forever to get through all of it. It is, I mean, every book of the Bible. Now, I will say one thing that I'm particularly proud of. His, he did the whole book of Obadiah in 20 minutes, I think. Okay. And in my course at Trinity um, on the Minor Prophets, I spent two and a half hours on the book of Obadiah, where he spent only 20 minutes in his whole series of the Bible. So I'm particularly proud of that. And I only covered five verses and he covered the whole book. So, um, that could just mean you were boring. <laughs> well, I no, know it was, I long. know you, I know you well enough to know you're not boring. It was long. No, it was awesome. But Jesus is never so, boring as Tatiana says. That's exactly right. Um, but preachers can be, but Steve Gregg is never boring. You'll learn tons of stuff and he'll tell you everything even even what he doesn't agree with, and he, he'll explain why he disagrees with it, but he is thorough, and it is a great um, resource to make a part of your regular <clears throat> listening diet. If you, if you like to listen to podcasts or whatever, it's not podcasts, it's just lectures, verse-by-verse -verse Bible study, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, and he's also got topical stuff, and yeah. he holds a honorary doctorate from Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary, yes. and has taught a couple of courses for us. Charles says that this clip that's on the screen right now is uh, with Pastor Doug Batchelor. They had a debate on... Um, Seventh-day Adventism. On the Seventh-day, yeah. on, uh, yeah, the, the Old Testament law and some things like that. Yeah. And and that's a good one. You ought to go check that out. So whichever side of that debate you're on, you still and they to both, check it out. They had several points where they actually agreed in that debate that I thought was interesting. They both agreed on the question that was asked for the audience, why does Adam, or did Adam and Eve have a belly button? And they, Steve Gregg answered no. <laughs> Steve Gregg Steve Greg took it. It was supposed to be like a joke question. He was yeah. like, um, no. Because Adam and Eve had no mother, yeah. and so <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like deadpan on everything. But he is yeah. the, he, and he also just as far as uh, him personally is probably the nicest man I've ever met in my I, entire and life. And let me tell you something: this yeah. is one of my personal heroes. This is yeah. one of my personal heroes. I'm telling you, if you want to, maybe you don't care, and you probably shouldn't. But if you care to know who I admire, this guy has got to be in the top three. And so I just want you to. Uh, Pritchett occupies the other two what spots you, yeah, in the I top to, three. Right? <laughs>
right, so I'm surprised I'm in your top twenty. So, there, so there's, there's. It's one no. thing to be my friend. It's no, not no, an admire. No, me, no, buddy. I admire you in many, many ways. Okay. Did you see where I put in the forum the other day? We were doing an or we were there was a guy giving his oral defense for yeah. us, a student at Trinity, yeah. and I, I'd sent out. I was like, I just cannot believe. I just cannot believe the knowledge that that Jonathan Pritchett has, the ability to talk about. We were, it was on the new perspective on Paul and just his, his awareness on that issue and New Testament stuff far surpasses mine. But I went through all of Steve Gregg's Old Testament. Uh, the, well, no, no. I went all the way up through, I think, Jeremiah. And it took me about two years to do that. Then I finished all of the New Testament with him. And I have to say, I already had like a decent you know, biblical knowledge set that we all can do better. But I got to tell you something. I went... It, it was one of the most meaningful things in my life that I went through that verse by verse with Steve Gregg yeah. and, and Jonathan Pritchett's wife too yeah. has done it. She is a big fan. Of Steve All right. Now that's for verse by verse. Are you guys still with us? You guys still having fun out there? Listen, that's for verse by verse, but then sometimes you don't, you, when you've had the verse by verse for a while, you really want to hone in on some specific theological ideas or some specific biblical passages. And who do you want to go for, for that? You want to go to Mike Winger. Yeah. Mike Winger is great at this. Um, and the great thing about Mike Winger now, uh, the great thing about Mike Winger is that you can take, you can take, uh, so someone like us can enjoy Mike Winger, but also somebody in your church can understand, you know, who's a lay person who doesn't have a lot of knowledge in these things can appreciate Mike because Mike is really good at taking very difficult to understand uh, issues and making them understandable for the layperson, And so, uh, and so you see, so there's some sermons here now, most of you already probably know about Mike, but maybe someone doesn't, I get people asking me all the time, like, who would you endorse? And so I'm giving you a sampling of that. Uh, but no, Mike's great. Mike's solid. Um, so I would, I would have him as a part of, I do have him as a part of my regular diet of resources, uh, that Christians, would uh, uh yes yeah. james winger like the 80s hair metal band <laughs> you know what uh praise jesus here says mike winger rocks i had not on, as much as winger i had on uh jonathan move your head on the little marquee back there that says trinity radio i had winger rocks on there for when i was on his show the second time i was on his show and he kept me in the little box so you never got to see it but uh yeah he does rock all right um so that's Mike Winger. Anything else you want to say about Mike Winger here, Jonathan? He is one of the, I, I can't say he is as nice as Steve Gregg, but he is like right under there. He's more pastoral than Steve Gregg. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. but, but I mean, Mike will be as nice as Steve when he's in his sixties, but, um, Mike is one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to in my life. And yeah, so he's like Mike. somebody you, 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 he's so likable that you want. If you don't like Mike him. Winger, I don't know if yeah, I you can... hate Santa Claus and Jesus. Yeah. If you don't like... <laughs> what do you punch babies? What's yeah. going on? Here? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's, he's, he looks like a, right. he's like, I've told him this. He's like a Disney prince. And I like if the way a Disney that, prince became a theologian. And I like the way that he makes all of this stuff very accessible he's kind of got that william lane craig ability to take stuff like craig does with the philosophy he can do with theological issues and he can he can make it accessible to the widest number of people which is probably why he has a gazillion subscribers but he's really good at that and he introduces people 
he turns lay people into interested lay people, and he takes interested lay people and makes them knowledgeable about everything. You know, this it's is really interesting. Good. Really this, this is interesting. I, I want to say something about this. Pine Creek destroys Winger on the regular. You know what's interesting, and maybe it just is one of those things where it's like depends on what side of the, you know, where what side of the aisle you're on. But sometimes when Pine Creek posts like little short videos where it's just him putting people's words against themselves or whatever, yeah. it turn it looks really good for the Christian. And I'm like, why did he? Why did he put that out there? One of the first times he did that that I remember, he put a place where Mike Winger like got really passionate and really sincere and just told Pine Creek how he felt about something. And I think Pine Creek thought it looked like Mike That's was self-destructing, yeah. but it was like the most earnest. Like anyone who watches that, it it's right. like right on, brother. Pine Creek destroys Ma Winger. That's like Pine okay. Creek destroys yeah. Pine Creek. Braxton Hunter destroys every YouTube atheist every week. It's unbelievable they still turn on a camera because they're so ridiculous after Braxton's done with it. That's would, what that is. I would never say that's that. That's what that is. That's, what, that's all that is. You know. <laughs> Except I'm telling the truth. <laughs> okay. But the bottom line is, no, Pine Creek does not destroy. And it's been really fun when when Mike was on uh, on those channels because he just uh, he did a good job. He's just really straightforward. It's I mean, I think even his enemies have to admit, he looks like he's, he's I mean, he seems to be being sincere. Now, I want to show you something here. Praise Jesus has become a new channel member. Woohoo! Thank you. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Now, here's the thing, Praise Jesus. I want to say uh, Hey man, flexing the guns. If if anybody doesn't know, Look at that. here's the here's the party line on channel memberships. We love it when you become channel members. But if you want all the free stuff um and 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 you really want to support us in, in a big way financially, First of all, we don't expect that, and we're blown away when people do that. I keep looking toward the screen as if that's where you are, but you're out there. Yeah. And I want you to know that we uh, we appreciate that, but we would like to direct you toward patreon.com slash Trinity Radio um, to like be a serious giver. The reason to become a channel member, other than to show us that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm behind you here, is that you get the cool little Trinity Radio badge that's green that will change colors the longer you're a member, and you'll get the little uh, the little emojis. So, uh, so, but that's, that's all you Let get. Let me tell you why I'm excited about praise Jesus. Cause he's flexing the guns and I'm all about people who, who are interested in fitness and wellness. So that's cool. And that looks like a pretty impressive gun there. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so Should let's, um, no, so Mike Winger, we got Mike Winger. I know we Show got us some, yours, man. Some, no, <laughs> I, oh, I better not say that. Um, okay. Did someone say something else? Pinecone had, has had me blocked for a year. Pike. <laughs> oh, that's an inside channel joke. All right, so let's uh, let's right. go to the next thing. Now, I think people might be surprised uh, because this is a lesser-known channel. But before we get to the specifically apologetics, and by the way, we're seeing a bridging of the divide. So Steve Gregg is mostly Bible and theology, but he has some apologetics. Um, Mike Winger is mostly theology and Bible, but has some apologetics. And before we completely leave the Bible and theology segment, let's say that uh, the Gospel Truth channel is great, as a, especially as a channel that's got fewer subscribers currently. I think it's, there's Leighton Flowers, by the way. He's a Trinity professor on the right there. That and is a, the host of the Trinity Commission sister po uh, podcast, the Soteriology 101 yep. program. So this is pretty cool. Hey, I, did, a Trinity I didn't even right plan there. this. Yeah. I didn't even plan this. But look, you had Leighton Flowers on the last one, who is a Trinity 
professor. professor. And on the left here, you've got David Pullman, who is a Trinity student. Oh, and branded a heretic by Sonny Hernandez, who I debated. He had put a big thing oh, well, on it. Yeah. Everybody's a heretic. Right. I, I mean, who cares? What so um, just, just saying. So this is Welcome to cool. the club, brother. We got jackets. So anyway, the thing I like about this channel is they do the debates, kind of like modern day debates or something, except that it's mostly theological debates. Now, there are mm -hmm. some debates with atheists on there, but it's mostly theological debates. So if you're trying, and, and everybody knows, I've, I've said this a lot, I think that um, to be a to be a uh, to learn fast, I think debates are a good way to learn fast because you hear what the Christian says, or and in this case, you hear what the person with your theological perspective says. Then you get to hear what the other guy says, and it goes back and forth, and you get both sides in a relatively short period of time. So I think this is a good channel for that. By the way, another channel member, right. JS. Glad you're here, JS. Thank you so Sweet. so much. And I have to say, in that profile picture, the posture is fantastic. Well, it's always, everyone's got better posture than yours, but I don't, I'm not seeing the, the, the guns on this one. Yeah, but, but the, okay. Um, all right, so thank you so much, JS. Appreciate that so, so much. Oh, look at this, a super chat from Leah Bryant. Are Mormons Christians, why or why not? Um, we ha so Mormons will often say they are Christians, but here's where we just need to put the terminology aside for a second. Mormons use the same lexicon that evangelical Christians or, you know, Catholics or, you know, classical Orthodox Christians use. They have all the same terminology. But the thing is, in every single case, the term for them means something different than right. what it means in classical uh, uh, Orthodox for Christianity. The, for the Mormons who understand anything about their own doctrine, which they keep well, hidden in a lot of a lot of cases. So let me answer this question uh, real quick. The answer is, are Mormons Christians? I think it's possible that some Mormons who don't know doctrine any better than certain Southern Baptists know Orthodox doctrine or a Methodist or whoever. So there might be... So they happen to be in the Mormon church. Right, but they could, could, they, could it be possible that there are Mormons who are saved? Absolutely. Uh, but is the denomination... But not believe in their doctrinal stuff. Right, or even know anything about it, because trust me, I've talked to those Mormons too. They're not all the missionaries who know everything and know how to answer everything. Some people just go to the Mormon church because their parents brought them or whatever, and then they have Christian friends and other denominations that get saved at a Bible camp, and then they go back to their Mormon church, and it's not until decades later they figure out all what's going on. I was like, wait a minute, this is... So is it possible that there are some Mormons, a few Mormons maybe perhaps, that are saved? Okay, yeah. Uh, is Mormonism Christian? Absolutely not. And if they, if any Mormon consciously affirms like the whole spectrum of their doctrine, yeah, pfft, sorry, that's not Christian at all. And they are not saved. I, I'm just here to tell the truth, and I don't believe that, that, that affirming consciously affirming Mormon doctrine and rejecting Orthodox Christianity. Is that person a uh, Christian? No, not they're a Mormon. But yeah. A part of the reason is yeah. they, they are not worshiping the same God. They were, yeah. they, they would, they might say that they are because they're worshiping perhaps the, the God of Abraham. But here's the thing. The, they just, des, they describe God. So, this is the same thing with Islam. They describe God so dramatically differently and Jesus Here's the here's the rule of thumb. Now, by the way, we have a video on Mormonism. 
Uh, so really for a lengthier answer and the specifics, I've got a PowerPoint on there. I go through all the things about Mormonism, all the different doctrinal issues that, that make them different in a heretical and dangerous way. However, just for the purpose here, here's a rule of thumb to go by. If someone is wrong about when it comes to salvation issues, when it comes to the, you know, what, you know, the gospel, if someone's wrong about Jesus, it doesn't matter what they're right about. Yeah. Now, now that's not to say, oh, they're, you know, they're not racist. They're right about that. And that matters. Of course that matters. But when it comes to the gospel and salvation issues, if you're wrong about Jesus, it doesn't matter what you're right about. Chris's comment is hilarious. And I feel the same way. Chris is a channel member. Yeah. I, that I, I, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I'm like, my countenance falls every time I look at those super long ones. Um, hey, Dan, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, David, a similar recommendation. Absolutely. And if you can find anything he's any video he's on on YouTube, everything David De Silva is worth watching. He yeah, here's an important yeah. thing to say about that. So, um, you know, there by and large, when you're when you're listening to worldview discussions on the Internet, the Christians and the atheists are completely unaware of the socio historical context of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so when they approach the, approach this thing, they get all mixed up. Um, they, they miss certain terms, for instance, and we've talked about this before on the show, Pritchett, and this mm -hmm. is your, th Pritchett introduced me to De Silva, but this is what De Silva does. So, yeah. so let's, let's take, um, Paul in Romans one. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay. Now I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Okay. That's straightforward. Right. And if you took the straightforward interpretation of that, you're fine. It's not false. You're right. But there's more to that than what it sounds like, because, in the and Pritchett, maybe you should talk about this. Why is that shame language so? No, important? I, I like to. I like to. I like to see you. Feel you like to know that I, you you taught that me. You've, you've yeah. learned. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so I'll clean up any mess afterwards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're familiar with honor shame honor and shame societies even yeah. today. Some Asian countries are still somewhat honor shame based, and so the first century Palestinian world was like that. And so uh, you, you had these in-groups and out-groups, and you had your so, your little group, your social group, and, and the group that you have your kinship with, and that would be like for the Jews, the Jews, uh, and maybe even a particular sect of Judaism within Judaism, but generally speaking, Jews. Then you had these Gentile groups, and like you had various groups there. But um, if you, so if you, let's say you, did, you believed something and were outspoken about it, that was different from the way that Yahweh and his work had been understood and the way that everybody and, and including the, the religious leaders of the day believed, then you would be shamed by your group. And that would be like the, one of the worst imaginable things, worse than death, perhaps. And that's not a simple point. That's not a point that should be dismissed. That's a very important point that that would be worse for you, perhaps, than death, w perhaps worse than hell, at least in your mind. Right. I, I understand that there's progressive revelation about hell. But I mention this precisely because when you talk about hell, it's important you understand there's honor shame language there too. So bottom line is, if you were shamed in the eyes of the Jews, you didn't have a home anymore. Those people that considered you their kin, they might not consider you their kin anymore. Yeah. So now you're you're on the outs with them. You're not in the in group anymore. You're in the out group. Okay, well maybe I can go to the Gentiles. Okay, but when you go to the Gentiles, if you're a Christian in the first century, you sound to them like the Jews. So now you're on an out group. You're not in the in group with the Gentiles either. You're on the out group with them. You're shamed in the eyes of both the Jews and the Gentiles. Yep. Nobody respects you. You feel like you're worse than pond scum. And so Paul, in, in an act of absolute encouragement, in a letter declares, to Rome, you are, you are, I, I'm not ashamed, therefore you shouldn't be ashamed, yes. because the God of all creation is your in-group. Yeah. 
That's right. what's going on there. Very when you understand this properly and you go over to Ephesians chapter one, what you begin to see, and here's where I might fracture my audience and I don't intend for that to happen, but, but where, where uh, my Calvinist brothers and sisters who I love and who are my friends and who I'm glad you're watching this channel and we're on the same team basically and don't get upset and leave, but they would see individual election in Ephesians chapter one when you're talking about election. We would see corporate election there. The in-group is the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You were chosen uh, in yeah, Christ. Yeah. You were not chosen individually to be in Christ. You plural. You plural are chosen in Christ. And so the in-group there is Christ. That's what Paul's talking about. That's why later Peter will say, um, you are a people, you are a nation, you are a priesthood. It's a group of people, a corporate body. And you don't have to be ashamed, even though the world will shame you, if you're in the in-group of the body of Christ, that's what matters most. Yeah. And it's also worth pointing out that the ancient Mediterranean world was a collectivist culture too. So it was always primarily uh, understanding identity in terms of the group first. And then your self identity is how you're esteemed by the group and dyadic personality. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, where are we at next guy? Who's our next? Super Wood Putty says, gives us $6 oh, and says, Hey guys, is there a place where I can listen to your back catalog of podcasts? The YouTube channel only goes back to season seven. Unfortunately, mm. the answer to that is likely no. Now, wait, really? Yeah. What happened to well? Max? No, no, that's not true. Well, okay, so we, so if you go to trinityradio.org and, and then go to the Trinity Radio page, um, whatever is there, that's it. That now, there's a few things that are on the YouTube channel that are, are not that are more recent that are not on the podcast. And there's a few things on the podcast way, way back that are not on the YouTube. Oh, a lot that's not on the YouTube channel. Yeah, so go to but the that's podcast. basically all you get. Yeah, the back catalog is at fractionhunter.com slash something, right? Do what? All the stuff from before season seven is on the fractionhunter.com. At some point, they stop being named by seasons when you go back that far. Yeah, we just made that stuff up anyway. And, 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 and it, yeah, it doesn't, it just... There's some on there from before I met Pritchett. Yeah, here's the. If thing. you want to know the first ever episode where Pritchett was with me on Trinity Radio, it's the. Ep Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I interviewed you on Core Facts. Yeah, the book Core Facts. So. Yeah, and the thing about the seasons was we we kept calling them seasons for how many times we'd start and stop and be just tracking our inconsistencies with podcasting over the years until season seven and then we finally we when we started on youtube out. we got consistent right but um yes yeah, so you go to braxhunter.com and you can find podcasts as a menu item i think or something and you can go trinity radio trinity radio and mm -hmm. click on that and go check them out there's yeah. a lot of good stuff back and i don't think i don't in fact pritchett prime originated on the old podcast yeah. on the audio i can't podcast. i can't remember uh, if itunes has everything but uh, but uh, it does on it, it, as far back as we have is on uh, youtube or on uh, trinityradio.org all right let's let's keep moving now so we've talked about the gospel truth all right what do you think is going to come next well you might not be surprised to see that it's capturing christianity what other i mean this seriously, is seriously the guy has the absolute best hair on youtube period and this is this is an how could achievement. he not make the list this is an achievement that you've got william lane craig and graham oppie on a live stream look at that jonathan who else yes. does he have you know you're dealing with a with a exquisite an exquisite youtube purveyor of theology 
if Dr. Jonathan Pritchett is there. Hey, look, it's the Planet Fitness tan. Yeah. <laughs> I no longer have. I quit the gym. Also, Cameron has also done his own debates. Yeah. This is one of them right here with Cosmic Skeptic. Yeah. Pretty cool. But anyway, the, that's a good channel because, first of all, I really appreciate Cameron because in the world outside of YouTube, uh, in the world outside of YouTube, I know a lot of the people that, that do the conferences and things like that. I had wanted, when I was young in apologetics, I had wanted to be able to meet William Lane Craig, Michael Icona, Gary Habermas, Sean McDowell, Mary Jo Sharp. Uh, I, I, I wanted to, what? Why'd you hey, laugh that I wanted to meet Mary Jo Sharp? Grandma be destroyed, WLC. Oh, Maxwell Yates is here. Obliterated him, yes. Um, William Lane Craig went and crawled in a hole afterwards is what I heard. I'll be taking over the unapologetics show this well, cool. Well, let's let's wait and see that. Yeah. Um, but by the way, he asked me for a goofy picture of you. So we'll see what that turns That's into. That's fine. Um, but uh, but listen, Cameron. So I, I did all that. I met all those people. I spoke at the conferences with those people. I did all that. That's not me bragging. That was partly because of Mike Lycona and Leighton Flowers uh, and how God used them in my life. But in you in the YouTube world, it was Cameron. Cameron reached out to me. Uh, about this time last year, we became somewhat, we became friends real quick. And uh, he helped me. He talked me through a lot of the stuff I didn't understand about YouTube, introduced me to people and, and really uh, just has been an angel in terms of this channel moving forward. And so um, really appreciate Cameron, but that, but, but that alone wouldn't make me spotlight him on this. What, what the reason I'm spotlighting him is because his channel has just quickly become the go-to channel for these kind of things, for these scholarly academic debates. And just yesterday, uh, he had Josh Rasmussen on, and uh, there's Josh's book. Grab that book for me, that white book. Um, this is Josh Rasmussen's book, uh, and it is um, God, uh, How Reason Can Lead to God. And Josh Rasmussen is actually presented a new argument uh, that had never been presented before, on Cameron's channel. So talk about cutting edge. That's cutting edge. And so we appreciate that. Let's see. Um, Cameron is super brilliant. We're blessed to have him and you guys. Well, I appreciate oh, that, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate thank you so, so yeah. much. And thank you for that super chat. Yeah. That is uh, unbelievable. We are blown away. Yeah, we are even more blessed. By your generosity. Yeah, by that than anything Cameron's ever seen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are uh, impressed with this. Yes. Thank uh, you thank so you much. Thank you so, man, so awesome. much, Andrew. Appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's capturing Christianity. You what, know about the him. next thing you should know about is reasonable, reasonable faith. faith. I know you already know about reasonable faith. No, not everybody. But what you might okay. So this is William Lane Craig on the right. You know William Lane Craig, most of you. Um, oh, hold you on say a most second. of you as if everyone who's going to watch this has ever heard. Like, what if my mother decides this is the episode? She, she knows William Lane Craig. No, she doesn't. Uh, well, that's a travesty. <laughs> Tatiana says, what did you think of his new argument? I think she means Rasmussen's new argument. Uh, it was a modal cosmological argument. Um, I, I thought, I mean, obviously I agree. I agree. I, I was looking at it more closely today because there's a step. I think it's number four, step number four or something where it relies on some reasoning that is at home oftentimes with ontological arguments. But, um, I mean, I, I agreed with it. The question I would have is, I thought it was really cool because he did an episode on capturing Christianity. It was Josh Rasmussen. 
and uh, we'll just say theoretical bullcrap. That's not what his channel name is, but um, they, they did a discussion on whether or not the contingency argument is persuasive. So obviously the contingency argument is, is uh, valid and I think it's sound, but is it persuasive? Like even if it gets you to the truth, is it persuasive? And that was an interesting part of the discussion. Rasmussen even said at one point, I, I actually presented this argument at one time and someone said, if I'm going to be reasonable, I have to accept this, that there's a God, but I'm not ready to do that yet. So the person was basically admitting, I'm going to irrationally reject the conclusion, even though I know the argument works. So the question is, is well, it persuasive? I mean, you can well, I mean, you can have counter evidence or counter reasons that are right. I don't think there are any, but there, you could have that. So. Yeah, so that, this is kind of where I'm at with this argument. It's kind of how I feel about presuppositional approaches. I think they're right. Like, I think the presuppositionalist is right with what he's saying, particularly with the tag argument. And I think that argument that Rasmussen gives is right. But as a person interested primarily in evangelism and reaching people yeah. to the Lord Jesus Christ, is it going to be as immediately understandable and compelling as I think, say, a good design argument, a moral argument, or say the Kalam? Now, that yeah, it's has, like Planck has said that his modal on a logical argument is like the best argument in the world. He'd never use it. He's like, oh, I would never use yeah. Never use this right. to try and convince anyone. Right. So I, but I, I agree with I, you. But yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm making it a point to understand that Rasmussen's contingency argument uh, with all the clarity that I can get, because that's becoming a, an area of study for me, that and a certain design argument. So, uh, But I liked it. The bottom line is I liked it, and I think it works. Somebody, so. I think it was a guy named Daniel, I can't remember, but he did ask a question about, uh, see, this is what I do when you're talking, I read. He asked a question about slavery in the Bible and something about what Scholar Fiction said. Um, we actually have done three shows on on uh, that issue, and we point to other resources from there. So go into our back catalog. You can find two or three, I think. If you just type in Trinity Radio Slavery. Right, yeah, it. we've got some stuff on that. Um, uh, we get made fun stuff. of a lot of times for those episodes, but... Making, I can make fun of for all your, kinds of things. As a, here's a term, here's a phrase I learned from Jonathan Pritchett that I think is fabulous. Your incredulity it does not an argument make. Yeah. Like deal with what we actually say. Right. All right, uh, Mask of Shy, thank you so much awesome. for this super chat. Yeah. Says you're always, look at that. you're look awesome, at the, guys. Look at the profile pic. That's what is, cool. What is it? Did he draw that? What is? I, I don't know what it is, but I like it. I like it too. It you're sticks. awesome, guys. We should pray for each other, but Catholics think we can ask those alive in heaven to pray for us. Do early Christians believe that? Early Christians are all over the place. Yeah, like, early but, Christianity was not monolithic. Now, I will say, I will say that when I have considered uh, Catholicism, and I know I've got Catholic listeners here for and, and, so for and you. Paul Catholic, talked about baptizing the dead. Let's not forget that. So, so, I mean, so you know, so you Catholic listeners stuff. just understand this is not a Catholic show. So expect us to say things occasionally that. Are, are not Catholic, From but him. here's the thing. Uh, no, you're going to agree with me on this. I agree with the, you the, on everything. The thing about it is, um, when I, I used to have a real, I mean, I still do have a problem with the idea of praying to the saints. Um, and But I understand that the answer given by Catholics is often, uh, look, um, here's all we're saying. Do you ever ask other living Christians to pray for you? Yeah. Okay, and and when and Christians don't really die in any ultimate sense, right? We go on living everlastingly, right? Okay, so then what's the problem with asking another Christian to pray for you who's already dead? Um, is there a problem with that? Okay, that 
I, Chris Day would say yes because they they're not conscious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get I get the logic of that. And so logically speaking, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but I think there are other problems there. We do a show on that, too. So I would encourage you to go check that out. But as for what the early Christians believe, they were all over the place. Um, not monolithic. All right. Um, all right, let's do another one. So, oh, but we didn't finish with reasonable faith. So reasonable faith has the podcast and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't always listen to the reasonable faith podcast. I like Kevin. Kevin's a cool guy though. Oh yeah. Kevin, Kevin is awesome. Kevin has reached out to us before. And now that's not to say you shouldn't listen all the time to the reasonable faith. I think you can learn from it, but here's what I want you to really notice here. You need to be a subscriber to the reasonable faith YouTube channel because Craig has this, I think it looks like this right now because of quarantine, but he does a weekly Sunday school class. He does a Sunday school class, class. the defenders class. And it's basically a systematic theology right now. Dr. Craig is, is writing a systematic theology, but he, good for him, but he is, but he is, uh, but he does this systematic theology for his Sunday school class. And you can get like, there's it's, he's gone through the cycle like three or four times and you can learn a lot from that. Were you supposed to say that? Because I don't think anyone's heard that, that he's writing a systematic theology book. Yeah. He said that. Oh, he has said that. that. Okay. Yeah. And then I knew that Adam Harwood was, was going to write one long before he ever announced it. I was told to not say anything. No, no, no. He, he, Oh, well, see, you pay more. He's been open about it. But, but here now we have, um, also the debate. That's two systematic theology textbooks that'll be coming out in the next four or five years, maybe that make my mouth water. Yes. Adam Harwood (laughs) and William Lane Craig love doing systematic. And I wonder what the page count is going to be. And those should be, be those should be different enough that, that they'll both be necessary. Right. Um, are you looking at your watch? Yeah. Well, because I just got a message from building management that at two 15, a fire alarm went off here, but it was just dust. So I wasn't aware of it. So we could have just burned down. <laughs> we could, yeah, right. Great. Okay. Yeah. So here's the Carol Craig debate. Um, Tommy S says Carol versus Craig still the best debate ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cameron on capturing Christianity just recently had two or three other philosophers or maybe a couple of philosophers and a physicist or something. I don't know on to discuss this. So before this is you- what I like about that debate though, other than it being at new Orleans, I like that, but, um, new Orleans Baptist. Yeah. I've given debate. a presentation yeah. on that stage. Uh, but the thing I like about this debate <coughs> was the closest I've ever seen for William Lane Craig. I mean, in 90% of his debates, nobody comes close. And then that guy, Sean Carroll came close and, Austin Dacey came close, but those are like the only two debates I've ever like when, when you get rid of when you, okay. So sometimes you're, you're in this thing. You just want to root for your guy. You're rooting yeah. for your team, but sometimes you just want to watch a good show, you know? And I really enjoyed, cause I do like a challenge. So I like it when people can actually rise to the challenge and Austin Dacey with that was his name, right? And then Sean Carroll, those were two yeah, good Austin debates. Yeah, Austin Dacey. He had two debates with Austin yeah. Dacey. Uh, just the first one. The second one, he wiped the floor with him. But the first one was close, and th- that Sean Carroll one was pretty pretty neck and neck. And so back to, yeah, William Lane Craig stands for truth. But as far as just the experience of watching it, those were my two favorite because they were so close. 
and I, I don't mind a challenge if it's going to be a challenge that somebody makes me think harder. That's always a good thing, whether you're a Christian or an atheist. If you're an atheist and no Christian has ever given you pause about anything, you're just an idiot. You're not a real thinker. Um, and likewise, Christian, I mean... There's a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, and as a Christian, I still don't mind my belief. I believe that because I have the truth that it can withstand a challenge. But I, it's at the point now where, I mean... Atheism is basically YouTube drivel, you know, bumper stickerism, uh, and just gibberish and nonsense. So I do like a good challenge um, because I'm interested in truth. And while I think I have the truth, I, uh, my truth can be tested. So I do like the challenge and I, I, the learning experience. And I do like to show that Christianity can stand against the best challenges. And William Lane Craig's debate with Daisy and with Carol uh, is good examples from that. So. MJ, thank you so much again. You are another one of the channel angels. You have been so yeah. good to us. And we're glad to feature you in this list today. Everyone go check out uh, Matt Jackson's channel. Um, Apologetics Institute. And check me out. I'll be on it in a couple weeks, I think. Uh, we're going to be talking about apologetic methodology awesome. and some other some other stuff. Too. You are so good to us, man. Yeah. We uh, so appreciate it. Thank and you check so out much. our episode that he was on about yeah. in the middle of quarantine. Yeah. Where it was Braxton and him talking, me sitting on the floor. That was horrible. Um, watch, right. watch it. Fantastic stuff. Oh, oh, and real quick. Yes. Real quick. Uh, MJ Jackson and Adam Coleman from True ID, um, who I support on Patreon. And if MJ Jackson had a Patreon, I'd give him money. Uh, at least give him back his money that he gives us, <laughs> if nothing else. But him and Adam Coleman and some... Uh, uh, go ahead and type it in, MJ. Uh, there was, they did a response to uh, Nefinetti. They did a response to, and two other folks, and I'm sorry, fellas, your names are escaping me, and I feel horrible about that. But anyway, they did a response to James White here recently uh, that is phenomenal. Who did? Uh, MJ Jackson, uh, Nefinetti, um, Adam Coleman, and two other guys. Really? Uh, yeah, they did a response to James White's Dividing Line podcast. Um where he was trying to defend himself on some issues about about the uh, protests and stuff that and uh, well that and um, Confederate stuff and whatever. Anyway, oh, yeah. they they offered a, a very respectful, uh, very respectful, uh, very measured and very interesting response. So so go um, go check that out. Put a put a thing in there, MJ. So they go ch check that out. All right, yeah, I want to check that out now. Um, all right, Z okay, here we go. Zamaquaki, Zamaquaki Cyril McHighs, E. <laughs> I guess I'm sorry. I'm, the, I'm gonna call you. you got the I'm gonna call you Zam. Sorry, Zam. Uh, but thank you so much for the the super chat. That means so much. He says, "I hope to work with or for y'all in the future in well, RSA, um, in USA maybe RSA. I don't know." Um, well, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for that super chat. Yeah. means the world. Thank you the so much. The fact that anyone so wants much. to work with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You uh, don't want to work for Braxton, though. He's let, terrible boss. So, but the other thing about reasonable faith is the debates, right? You get to watch the debates. Yeah. So they're, they're, but, the, but the podcast is good, too. All right. Now, here we go. Uh, this is not the last one, but it's the second to last one. And it is, what do you mean? Now, wh <laughs> why, what do you mean? Why should this be a regular part of your diet? The reason it should be a regular part of your diet is because um, everything else we've been talking about has been real heady stuff. And frankly, his stuff is heady stuff. 
but he 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 his videos are shorter than the rest. So he'll usually have like like he's had like twenty minute videos, but usually it's like eight minutes, eight or something. to eleven minutes. And yeah, and, and and to all my fellow YouTubers out there, I mean, this is going to make me sound like a jerk, but one of the reasons why I watch John McRae's YouTube channel more than most people that I love dearly is because they're short and I can just get it on my commute home. Cause I, you know, and it, I, it's, I can get it in there. It goes back to the, the comment earlier about Leighton flowers where you, you look at, he's got an upload, but it's four hours and 20 minutes and there's Leighton and six people you never heard of in, in Kevlar, uh, Kevin. And, and, and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll catch the next one. So, um, Yeah. I'll, I I watch his interestingly. Plus, I find him hilarious. So and yeah. that that helps because you know he's the example of yeah. you're not going to be listened to if you're not enjoyable to listen to. Right. All right. Now, and I listen to him, and I don't listen to people that I, uh, you know. But the oh RSA equals South Africa. Okay, oh, gotcha. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to go to South Africa. Absolutely. Um, but here's the reason. Here's the noble reason besides just entertainment value that I really think that uh, John McRae adds value. And that is his stuff is really shareable. So if you're trying to reach a particular person who doesn't believe, um, if you want to get your kids interested in thinking about theology and apologetics, this is a good way to do it. Just share yeah. these videos. It's great. The, if you, if you want one, my kids go around the house going, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, Noah <laughs> is, is just all about uh, what do you mean? Uh, but that's my son. Uh, He's not even in the chat today. Weird. Okay, usually he's in there. Uh, but one of the, the if you if you've never watched his videos, the one you need to go find is where he is with ration, where he's responding to rationality rules, and he responds to rationality rules using rationality rules' own card game that he made, um, and it is class. I mean, I just I just laughed for eleven minutes straight. It was just a straight clowning of that guy, and it was great. Yeah, this might be something to, that we could say on our channel, yeah. um, b because we're somewhat disconnected. Uh, he, we need to pray for his brother to get saved. There's Amen. a there's a great uh, episode where he had his brother sit down, uh, like, and you and he looks enough like him that it's like and he starts saying something like, "I'm an atheist now," blah blah blah, and and it's like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? But it was his brother and not uh, not John, so that that was interesting. All right, uh, all right. Last thing that I want to spotlight is actually not a channel. Not so the two things that are not channels are Steve Gregg, although Steve Gregg has a channel. But really, don't forget to go get that verse by verse Bible study. Narrow path. Also, I should have said we do. Yeah, uh, thenarrowpath.com, I think is. But but also remember we have on our channel. And if you want it on audio, it's on uh, trinityradio.org slash verse by verse. There's a tab there if you go to trinityradio.org. Almost the entire book of Genesis. And uh, Jonathan has several episodes on First Peter that are verse by verse, just like that. So yeah. we got that stuff too. All right. Um, but this is the other thing that's not a channel. And that is Apologetics 315. Apologetics 315. Now... The thing I love about Apologetics 315 is they do book reviews. They do, you see Terminology Tuesday. They give you terms. They spotlight some videos from the week. And he from about stuff. The oh, look, there's Braxton Hunter. There's Braxton Hunter. Oh, now, yeah. let me pause this for a second because Jonathan Pritchett's on there too. But let me pause this for a second. The thing that's awesome to me about this. All right. Now, th this is 
when I, some of you all are there right now where you've just gotten into apologetics, you, you have your favorite channels, you, you have your favorite books you, or podcasts. Here's the thing. When I was at that stage, Apologetics 315 was my go-to place. I went there at least twice a day, every day. And the reason was because it was the place um, that pulled together all of the best apologetics content on the internet to one place. And it was run by a guy named Brian Otten. Now, Brian Otten has recently, or I guess last year sometime, um, he doesn't run it anymore. Now, Kurt Jarris runs it. He's the guy that you see uh, at the top of the screen right there that's covered up by the play button. Yeah. And uh, he's a friend. And and so he, um, so he runs it now. But here's the great thing. It's still got links to a lot of great debates and things, great MP3 resource. It's got a reading list. I should have shown it here of books. So if you're just a beginner all the way up to expert and in various areas, um, they've, they've got it broken down for you, what you need to read. And they update that I think still. And they also, let's, let's let it play on a little bit here. So I always wanted to be on this left-hand side column. I thought that'd be like winning a Grammy or an Oscar for an apologist is to end up on the left side here. And now I'm on the left side here. And so is Jonathan Pritchett prime. So, uh, so we can so that's, retire. Now. Yeah, we can retire. retire we, we've jersey. done it all. Yeah. We've done it all. Uh, but uh, you see they've got the, the, all kinds of uh, book recommendations, yeah. everything. And, and Kurt Jarris is the right guy. I mean, I just love Kurt. He's a great guy. Yep. And as you go down here, you'll see you see where it says weekly bonus links. Now, you see how those are marked out? That's because those prices aren't true anymore. But like if, say, uh, N.T. Wright's Paul, book on Paul, that probably costs 70 bucks. The NT right book. Okay. Which one? Okay. The, the more scholarly one, Paul okay, and which the, one? Paul and the faithfulness, faithfulness of, God. of God. What about yeah. Paul and his recent interpreters? What about Paul, a biography? What? I mean, yeah. Uh, if one of those was say $70, they, and it suddenly went on Paul sale for perspective. I mean, he's got uh, so many. Books okay. Okay. If, but if it went on sale for like 99 cents, it'll for be Kindle, up there. It'll be on here yes. and you'll miss it. If you're not following, apologetics, uh, three fifteen, And, and then of course it scrolls down and back in the day, like you would see like Douglas Grutthaus and, uh, see there's Swami Doss's new book. There's a review of it. Um, some of you know about that. Um, but, but back in the day, you'd have some of the major apologists like Gary Habermas and others commenting in the comments on these, on this stuff. So that's a site that I think you should avail yeah, yourself very, of. Yeah. Um, so that's the list. That's the list. So I'm going to put the links and stuff there later, but just to run back down it again, Steve Gregg, Mike Winger, Gospel Truth, Capturing Christianity, Reasonable Faith, What Do You Mean, and Apologetics 315. Of course, we want you to check out the channels uh, whose, you know, the people that run those channels showed up here today. We also want you to continue to appreciate Trinity Radio. Um, but now at this point, since this is kind of a, since this is kind of a lazy Friday, Friday afternoon, Let's just stick around and answer some questions, Pritchett. Um, was there anything you, we didn't get to that you thought we should have gotten to? Um, somebody mentioned... Uh, wait, are they talking about Logos? I don't know. We use it, but we're still on 7. Here's the thing. Buy whatever version... While he's going off about Logo, Logos Bible software, if you want to ask us anything about anything... Yeah, oh yeah. David Wood, I should have mentioned if you're interested in uh, apologetics toward Islam, then that's your guy. Well, if we're going to, yeah, David Wood, if you like theology, Bible Bro Down was part of the Trinity Commission, Soteriology 101, go check. I mean, we could, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, 
somebody had mentioned that we use that. Um, here's the thing about getting that Logos Bible software. If you're not a, if you don't own it yet, wait until you hear. I think they're on eight now. Wait until you hear version nine announced, and then version eight is going to be like dirt cheap until version nine drops. So they always had because that's when we I think started using it around version seven. So always always wait until the next version and be a version behind, and that way you always get them real cheap. And trust me. You think, oh, but th- this one, this new version has this, that, and yeah, don't worry about it. There's, uh, there's, depending on the package you get, there's uh, so much that you can never, you never get through it all anyway. So, so, yeah. uh, but Black, it's awesome software. Black Tuesday film says favorite Old Testament scholars and books on the reliability of the Old Testament other than kitchens. So when I was working through my, uh, Genesis, you know, commentary kind of thing, I was using that Word Bible commentary. Is that it? Mm-hmm. That, that uh, Word Bible commentary. And what was the name of the uh, scholar that did um, Genesis? Um, I can't remember the name of the There's guy. Victor Hamilton? Maybe? No, no, no. It starts with a G. Matthews? Everyone uh, should know. Everyone will know once we say it. But anyway, I really appreciated him. Oh, I had several oh, commentary oh, sets. Um, oh, I, I can... You'll think of it maybe before we're done. I can, I can, I don't even. Uh... So we've got kitchens around here, and did did he not teach a class at one point for Trinity? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, anybody else you want to mention? I mean, there's always the. I mean, I I like uh, I like Walton Walton Heiser. and they're Heiser. Yeah, cool. they're popular. Um, I like right Victor Matthews. I like uh, Douglas Stewart. I like um, uh, Trimper Longman. I'll, um, yeah. Yeah. Now man, uh, I, I think that man, that dude is just straight garbage. This, this Michael Jones guy, just <laughs> straight garbage. Horrible. I'm, I'm teasing. I, I love the guy. I Michael Jones. Channel. We love He's Michael. Phenomenal. And Jones. you can catch us on his show. You can or catch him on our show. If you, uh, a few months back, uh, have we been on his show or is he on ours? He was on ours. He's not, we've not been on his show, but he was on ours. Okay. I asked, I, I've asked him to debate on our channel before. So maybe yeah. someone can go pressuring. Yeah. Anyway, he's, it's not that he was opposed I'm to a, it. He's yeah, had other I'm things. I'm a big going. fan and I like, I like the stuff he puts out. I like the fact that he puts out stuff that, that gets people talking, gets people thinking. Um, so yeah. Uh, Chris Harris, I'm sure eight's better. Um, I haven't even exhausted version seven yet. So, but I, I'll tell you why I wanted Logos because the software has the great books of the Western world available, uh, for it where the Syntopican, which is the ter- first two volumes of, of the great books is actually volumes two and three in the first edition that I have on my shelf. But in the second edition that came out in the early nineties, I think the first two volumes are. So the great books of the Western world is like authors everywhere from like Homer all the way through to Freud and, and beyond, uh, like all the, what they call the Western canon of, of great literature. And the Syntopican will categorize all of those authors thoughts on all of the uh, 102 big ideas that they catalog uh, that run throughout the thing. And you can click on like, so let's say the topic is angels and I have like a bunch of subtopics and then those will even be broken down. And so if you want to know what anyone in the great books that ever said on those subjects, they have it all clickable. 
uh, and then they also have the Harvard Classics and the Harvard Classics Shelf of Fiction, which that, to be honest with you, is the number one reason why I go to Logos over and over again, and then the Bible stuff secondary to that. Um, so if you get a Logos package, <clears throat> get the great books of the Western world, and if if you can, you grab the top book get, off um, of the book tower right there. Harvard Classics. Uh, off of, off of this, the top book. Um, so Virginia asks about Islam critiqued. I, I guess she's asking. Uh, this is the book that we would recommend for that um, as a as an introductory thing. And I think even oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, I think even David Wood says this is good. This yeah, is Abdul Salib and um, Norman Geisler. I think this is required reading at Trinity too. Yeah, we well, require that. Of our classes. Yep, in the major world religions class, maybe. And um, it's uh, it's really good. It, it what it does is it. So there, you know, there are different groups within Islam, just like there are within Christianity. Well, you hear sometimes us refer to mere Christianity, like the classical Orthodox Christian message. Well, in that book, what they respond to is mere Islam, so that. Um, it's, it's a good, it's a good basic, straightforward apologetic against Islam. So I would recommend that. Um, best resources for learning Hebrew. There was a question I saw, um, the basics of biblical Hebrew Zondervan textbook, uh, several, uh, contributors to that. It's the, it's the old Testament similar to Mounts's, uh, Zondervan's book, uh, basics of new Testament, uh, Greek. Start there. They've got the flashcard set with the with the laminate sheet that's got for quick reference and flashcards. That's the best package I've seen. I'm sure somebody has something they like better than that, but that's the one I recommend. Ramon the Large says, "What was your guys' opinion on the Eric Hernandez versus Scholar Fiction debate? It was very telling, if you ask me." I couldn't care less about that debate because I'm never going to watch it. But I did get suckered into watching his response, which was the best thing on any YouTube apologist has ever put out on the internet ever, even better than what do you mean? It is the best 30 minute response video or debate review video I've ever seen in my life. It was hilarious from start to finish. Yeah. It didn't I, make me want to actually watch the debate because I figured <laughs> there's no point. The debate's enjoyable. Yeah. Now I'm going to, I'm going to take up for Skylar here. Skylar said he was sick and irritable when, when he did that debate. And so he admits it's not his best showing. Because, you know, I mean, he was sick and irritated. But all that said, um, Hernandez is is one of my favorite people on the planet, a very aggressive debater. And in that and it, well, that's interesting. He's a very ag aggressive debater. But in that debate, he, he was very reserved. Yeah. Um, but I thought made incredible arguments. So uh, I'd tell you if I didn't think he did well. Oh, um, we tell we say when we don't think people do well. That, that, I said that I didn't think D'Souza did that great against uh, uh, Dillahunty. Skyler, I thought he was right. Destroyed Eric Hernandez. Got it in before the guy types it. <laughs> what Maxwell Yates? No, whoever that was. That was was that. Did him? someone say that? No, somebody who's been saying that. You know, Carol destroyed William Lane. Craig oh, that's that's that. Maxwell Yates. Oh. Maxwell Yates, you better watch out or else unapologetic apologists will shut you no, down. No, it wasn't. It was some other guy who was saying that. Uh, do you like Got Questions Ministries? Yeah. It wasn't now, Yates. I know when Yates is... No, but there was another guy. I'm answering a question here. Got Questions Ministries has some great articles. Now, we would differ on them on some um, secondary doctrinal issues, mainly their Calvinism. I think they're Calvinist. But uh, the majority of But them. aside from that, uh, even in some areas that touch on that, we, I think it's great. I think it's a great 
resource unless there's something I don't know about. Now, if they have some article that says something crazy, but I, you know, I enjoy reading their stuff sometimes. So yeah, I think it's trustworthy. Um, Love Derek's debate review. What do you think about Mike Winger's work on the passion translation? What do you think of Michael Heiser? Okay, so I got this Heiser story. All right. So I was at the unapologetics conference in, uh, um, what is it? The beach, famous beach in Texas, uh, Corpus Christi. And I was also supposed to preach the day after the conference at the church is big church. And they had two services. So I preached in the first service and then I was to take a break while the church did their small groups in Sunday school. And then I come back and preach the second service. So this woman approaches me. I hope she sees this. <laughs> and she says, what do you think? She said, I, I just, I want to, I want to share with you something. And she didn't, I don't think she articulated this well, but what she was trying to say is, look, there are many, many gods and, uh, Yahweh is just one of many gods and, and all this whole thing. Well, I was telling her like, I mean, I'm thinking I've got an absolute pagan, uh, who needs Jesus here. So I, you know, I'm, I'm engaging with her. I had no idea about how I knew who Heiser was, but I didn't know anything about him at the time. What she was trying to articulate was his explanation about the multiplicity, uh, about the whole thing with Elohim and, and the council. And uh, what is it? Pro or Psalm? What is it? Proverbs? Psalm. Psalm. What is it? Somebody can tell me. 83, I think ish, something like that. I don't you don't know. have the entire Bible. memorized. <laughs> you don't have the whole Bible. Well, yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I'm sorry about that, but yeah, I've come around on Heiser because once you understand that you have to go through Heiser in stages, because when you first hear what he's saying, you think what he is saying sounds crazy, but then it's more acceptable. The more you understand what he says. Now I still have some reservations, um, about some of it, but I'll tell you the best part of his book, the unseen realm that no Christian, I don't think should have a serious problem with is when he goes through the old Testament, showing you examples of Christophanies where Jesus appears as the angel of the Lord. And what does it mean? The angel of the Lord. I thought that was the best part of the book. And I think that should be acceptable to Christians everywhere. So Psalm 82, I was close. I said ish. So I was close. I said Psalm 83. Um, but thank you, Juan Venter. You deserve to be put on the screen. But now I took away, now I took away the thing I had up there from somebody. What, what did they say? Uh, let's see. Um, so Heiser. Yeah, well, we answered about Heiser. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? I am not a Calvinist and believe God is 100% omniscient. Me too. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting thing. Calvinists and open theists have this in common. Uh, they both think, okay, so Calvinists think that God knows the future exhaustively because he's going to determine it that way. So that's how he knows. Open theists think that the future is open and, and you can be free. You have libertarian freedom because God's not, doesn't know the future. Or he doesn't know the future and doesn't determine it. Um, but aside from those two groups, the rest of Christianity um, says God knows the future exhaustively and doesn't determine it. And that's where we land. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, when are you guys going to make the boomer Somebody, apologetic? What? Hold on. You're going to make the boomer apologetics. Empire. I qualify. Let me he tell doesn't. you. No, no, no. Yeah, you don't want to qualify as a boomer. You're not a boomer. Yeah, but he means You're, old people. No, I don't care what he means. We're not boomers. 
And that needs to be understood right now. I technically qualify as a millennial. So take that. Yeah, brag about that. Well, it well, that's the thing about being a millennial. You can brag when it's convenient. Yeah. And then when it's not, you don't. Yeah, millennials are uh, like what, 30s-ish now. Somebody asked, do I it's, there was a question that I thought was an important one about do we think that the Trinity is an essential part of something? Uh Chris, we'll go back up. I want to find that because um the answer is the Trinity is an essential part. Yes, absolutely. Um, of course, it's gone. Uh, uh, man, whatever the question is, if if a central part of God, yeah, because God is Trinity, hence the name of our show, the name of our seminary. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we believe that is an essential, core, foundational absolute non-negotiable doctrine oh, yeah calvinists and opetheists are opposite you're okay well yes but they agree that, where they agree is uh so explain why they're bedfellows so the open theist thinks okay so that both, if god does that god doesn't know the future and it's not determined the calvinist thinks god uh if knows the future, the future is, and yeah. it's determined the thing that they agree about is if is, god knows the it, the thing that they agree on is that the Calvinist agrees with the open theist that if God knows the future, it is determined because right. the Calvinist and the open theists both affirm that if God is able to know the future, it's because he determined it. Brando says 86 is millennial cutoff. I don't know what charts you're looking at, Brando, but there are charts out there that have 80 as the, as the cutoff uh, in the middle of 80. Okay. So, those charts, those those brackets are whatever. However, they're subjective. Old the editor I don't care. Was. There, there there is an earliest one. I mean, they're not saying people that in the, were born in the 1960s are millennials. Yeah. So the earliest one that allows for millennial is the one I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm on the tail end. Of, we're yeah. not even. See, look, I we're not see, boomers in denial. We're not boomers in denial. If anything, I'm Generation X, and so is he. We're not boomers. No, I was. I get okay boomered by boomers. Besides, I'm crankier than boomers. What's I'm wrong with boomers? In spirit. Than boomers, boomers are wonderful human pe human beings. Yes. You need to listen I, to more boomers. My dad was a boomer. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this has gone downhill. I don't think. I don't. Right. I don't know I what got else work to do. we have. <laughs> Last questions. Have you read Swami Das' book? No. Heard a lot of good things. No, but I just today was listening to uh, where William Lane Craig was on. So I did listen to Reasonable Faith because it was posted on Reasonable Faith where he was on Swami Das's channel and um, found that conversation just to be a blast. Um, and um, I, I, it's real interesting. I, I, I'm i waiting to hear the whole thing. I haven't read the book. I do want to read the book, uh, but I can't really comment too much on it right now. Braxton looks about 10 years younger than Pritchett. Probably said so. when I shave, I look younger. And when I have a nice haircut, I haven't had a haircut in four months. But when I shave, I do look a lot younger. And when I had the fake tan that Let me I tell got from the something. tanning booth at Planet Fitness. Let me tell you guys something. And Pritchett, you know what this is like. Yeah. I remember being, I remember. I don't care. I'm when glad I woke to be up, old. I remember when I woke up in Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro, across from Middle Tennessee State University campus on my 20th birthday. Mm -hmm. in an apartment I was living alone in at the time. And I realized I was no longer a teenager and I pulled the blanket over my head and I was like, I do not want to grow up. I don't want to not be a teenager. And then like 10 minutes later, 
I woke up and I was 39 <laughs> and I was like, I cannot believe I'm almost 40. Yeah. It happens so fast. It happens so fast. And of course that's what old people say. But let me tell you something. It's going to happen to you real fast. And people will think you're a weird dad making weird dad jokes. And um, so just get ready because it's coming for you. Time, Listen, time, find where this quote comes from. Time won't leave me as I am. But time can't take the boy out of this man. <laughs> There's a search for you. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say, Pritchett, before we go? No. All right. Yes, actually, I okay. always have something to say. Of course. Uh, look, I want to invite everyone who is interested in any theological subject to go to trinitysim.edu and look around. Check out our courses. You don't have to sign up for a degree program. If you just want to listen to him or I or Leighton Flowers or Steve Gregg or Dr. Elliot or Dr. Chatham or Dr. Washington or Dr. Buckwagler or any of our awesome professors prattle on about a subject you're interested in, you can audit courses at Trinity. But if you are interested in a theological education, you need to check out our degree programs and sign up and become a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary, the best seminary on planet Earth with the coolest fact faculty members that you've actually heard of so there you go all right well we've enjoyed being with you more great videos next week i may even release something over the weekend that we did on another channel so you want to keep your eyes peeled you never know uh if you'd like to support us you can do that at patreon.com slash trinity radio we really really appreciate it you get lots of free stuff, free courses. Uh, it's not free. I mean, you're a patron, but you get several entire courses at the seminary level with uh, PowerPoints. You get free eBooks. You get uh, episodes we've never released. You're going to find out where Jonathan Pritchett thinks I went too hardcore against uh, New Testament scholar Ben Witherington III, or as I call him, B-Dub-3. Then you can get that there. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And until next time... We'll see you later. I messed that up. It was going to be so smooth. You're going to stick your face in the camera well, like no. the godless guy? I like to. I like to. Okay, do it. We'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. That's your favorite show so far? That was like the least we've ever tried. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it great, though. Well, the least you ever tried. I never tried. Thanks, man. Yep. <laughs>